podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're so excited you decided to join us today. Before we jump in, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. Excuse me. First of all, Dr. Dish, um, the number one shooting machine on the market, not only innovative in technology and customer service and, and so easy to set up and use. I think a five-year-old could do it. I would not recommend it. Um, it's not super safe, but um, it is a safe machine, but I wouldn't have a five-year-old using it. I, I don't think they could get it over the net. Uh, mention Coach Unplugged, and they could give you $400 off. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. I started teachhoops.com because I was a high school coach. I wish this had been out there for me. You know, I've I've won at the highest level. We've won multiple state titles. We've been nationally ranked. Um, but I wanted to share things that I thought would be helpful for a high school basketball coach or youth basketball coach, a college basketball coach. And that's why I started teachhoops.com to make you a better basketball coach. And that's why we do one-on-one calls and office hours and why I give a 14-day free trial because I want to help you. And if you only need 14 days, go kick, go kick the tires. Maybe that's all you need. But anyway, um, go over and check it out and uh, let's head off to the podcast. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Coach Moore, how, how long is it? It's been a while since we've been on together. How long has it been? Was it COVID? You know, I know we were on once during like pretty early in COVID. I'm not sure. We had a great, I had an office. I think I had where a bunch of coaches got together early. Yes. I uh, literally still talk to somebody on the weekly from that that I just met on one of your uh, things. And we don't even always talk basketball. He's a big North Carolina football guy. So I asked him if they're ever going to play defense. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I met some good people off of here. That's for sure. I know. I'll leave it. I'll, I'll make sure I put coach loves to be contacted too. So I'll make sure I put the, absolutely. <laughs> I'll put the, I'll put the, um his contact information uh, down below. But so what are we going to, what are we talking about tonight? So five on five ways we can scrimmage, improve practice, learning different things that we can do besides just roll out the ball, say, let's play for 20 minutes. What are some different ways we can work on uh, improving in practice? Yeah. So, so how did this all come about? Um, really, you know, I know it's something that I've struggled with a little bit, Um I talked to some division one coaches, different people. And I was like, really, that's it. Like, that's what you guys do. I mean, I started doing research, looking up some different things. I stole some ideas from some guys that I really like. Uh, but I just put, you know, five, 10 hours into it this summer of like, what are some different ways we could practice five on five and uh, really get maybe some of our game situations more natural different ways that we could take over some uh, create that learning environment for our players where, you know, like, Hey, there's 30 seconds left in the half. Let's get a good shot here. And not right. just... and they don't, and they don't necessarily understand what a good shot is. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> you're like, you're playing in Thanksgiving tournament and you shoot the ball with like 12 seconds left to go and give up, you know, give up your one point lead. And, you know, maybe we've worked on it before, just something simple like that. And it's hard because, it's hard for my percentage of practice, how much you should spend on that. Like you're talking about with the situation stuff too. Um, but I think the five on five stuff should be a higher percentage as long as it's a structured thing. What do you think about that? You know, I'm, I'm opening up more and more to playing five on five. I think you have to be creative with it. 
like most of my teams have not it's not been a real big challenge for the second five like do you mix them up do you know you get two equal teams different things like that but um what's your theory on that what's your theory on two equal teams versus the top five versus the next five we're gonna go more with my top five versus the other ones but i do you know earlier in the season or like certain days we'll break it up even um we're probably you know I would say probably 70% of the time trying to get our top guys minutes. Yeah. So I, so here's my theory with this early in the season, I'll split them evenly more when I'm trying to figure out the nuances of the team. And then I think you're right. I'm about 80, 20, 70, 30. Once like, let's say we play on Friday and we don't have anything that week Monday, I might split them evenly just so we can work on some more competitive things. Um, But as it gets closer to, game time or show time or whatever um i'm putting that top five top six together just so they can get reps but when you start doing the math on it like depending on how much you sub how often are those exact five together that's where you know changing subbing doing that kind of stuff can help a little bit in practice i think well, that's probably where it's easier for me i'm not a real deep guy i'm not playing a lot of guys (laughs) how many do you play normally um you know we've had teams we've had a lot of teams where six guys are getting a majority of the minutes we're the smallest school in our conference there's usually a pretty big drop off after six um you know it's we've uh you know i i tripled the size of the school but you know you also triple the size of your opponents when i switched jobs last time you do it's um yeah, I don't think I've ever gone. I mean, I, I've had one team that was like my last state tournament team was five. Like I had five hoopers and six, seven were okay. But before that, and we had a slow, we had a slower pace down with that team. I would say my average over the 30 years is probably seven, eight. Um, you need, well, most of my state championships have come from players six through nine. Someone steps in, someone yeah. steps up, you know. Uh, it's all you always i always think i'm gonna have a lot and then it's like <laughs> then you they're like well you know i don't know but you know there's always we've we've been pretty lucky to find some good rotational guys you know it's i've kind of changed towards you got to be able to score to play uh more than i you know it used to be you know you know i've 18 or 17 18 season i had a kid i think he's just finishing up his college football career at north dakota state now awesome athlete he could not score at all on offense, but he could keep them from scoring. And now it's like, I really don't want to play kids like that unless I, you know, I want it to be small amount of minutes and uh, we're real big on points per possession, you know, like, can you get that up there for us? So I guess if they could keep it up, you know, if we can score with them on the court, we'd love to go a little bit deeper. Right. And part of it's reading that, reading the, the analytics now where you can kind of tell, the groupings too, like um, I'm hoping to play nine or 10 this year on a regular basis. And just, I'm going to like, I'm going to come at you. Basically I'm hoping um, next year. I think I'm going to be down to six or seven again, uh, depending who knows develops. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like throwing bodies at you. I do. If they're all, I do. I just think it causes because we're gonna we're gonna pull away in that last ten minutes. 
Yeah, I mean, I, there's definitely teams we play like that. It's a major disadvantage of they can roll 10, 12 guys at you. And, and you know, we've had some teams, you know, I've had some games where guys are basically, you know, can't get up off the floor after the game. And, you know, we've, we play in Illinois, you play 31 games in the regular season. That's now, crazy which, to me. Yeah. Yeah. We play 24. And some years we only play 22, but it's like, um, yeah. Wow. How do you and get, you have- first of all, there's, here's the issue I have. Even with 24, so we start the middle of November, tournament starts the beginning of March. I still have a hard enough time with the, those amount of weeks to get, like, I need, I want, I don't want to play Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. I want a couple of days prep before yeah. I play you. So you we don't have a played, lot of prep. So my in 1920, which is my last full season of coaching, we played 2020. 18, 2020. Or, 1920. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, the night in <laughs> 2019. You look really so young. Not that old. Yeah. <laughs> the uh we played 18 of our 33 games without a practice to prep. So like <laughs> you've got to be good at what you do right be a little bit unique your scouts have got to be pretty uh you know basic and it's we played in three tournaments you play almost every tuesday friday saturday um it's great when things are going good like you know we were 30 and three that year it was pretty easy to roll through you know i wouldn't say easy but it was rolling pretty good right. i wouldn't want to be on a 10 game losing streak and play six games oh. in two weeks but i mean i just i from from a coaching teaching standpoint that's just hard like i feel like i'm giving you a test and you're not ready for the test no that's part of why you know i've taken a couple years off here i have two little kids and it was just you know i there weren't yeah i couldn't get enough time to do everything quite the way i wanted to and be a good dad at home and it's like i've done this for 20 years let's take a couple years off i know and it's crazy like so now, like, so I have a senior in high school who doesn't even know, you know, half time, I don't even see her. And then the second time, I have a sophomore in college. So it's like, I don't know how I did it. With I don't know how, I mean, my wife, that's how I did it. I don't know how I did it. Like, oh, my God. It's like, I don't, and I mean, and I coached my son through sixth through eighth grade during our season. Like. So on weekends and nights after my practice, I went to his practice. I don't know how I did that. You got to be good at delegating. Yes. Yes. I have gotten really good at that in my program. Like I literally, I was talking to our head football coach yesterday and I said, I, I, I'm ready for the first day of tryouts. He goes, what do you mean? I go, I haven't done anything other than that. Like I have, I have my JV coach and my, my varsity assistant. I, I, I do this. Do this, do this, do this, do this. Get the buses. Do this, do this. Because um, eventually, I feel hopefully one of them will get my job. Um, hopefully, but I'm just trying to tell. Del- I mean, I just like no. I'm coming. I'm going to coach. I'm going to be like Bo Ryan at the end of his career and all those guys. I'm going to show up. I'm going to coach the games. I'm going to coach practice. You guys do all that other stuff. Like. <laughs> I just don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to worry about where the yellow bus is anymore. Don't want to worry <laughs> about it. I haven't been on a yellow bus. 15 years, 17 years. I refuse. We take coaches everywhere. I refuse to get on a yellow bus. I couldn't yeah, have a yellow bus. 
that's with a couple of years off here. That's one thing I do not miss. Of and it, and here's my rationale. With, so we we fundraise and do all that kind of stuff. But I said, I'm not stepping on. It's a Tuesday night and we're coming back and it's an hour and 20 minute thing. I want the kids to have, first of all, comfortable. Second of all, I want overhead lights. So if they want to do some work, they can. Do they? Probably not. But so We've had some really good students. And I said, I'm trying, I'm, I'm getting too old to sit in that. Like, I remember my first season, we drove to a suburb of Milwaukee and we couldn't get the window to the window wouldn't go up. It's like freaking middle of January in Wisconsin. I go, I'm not, do- what do you No, I'm not doing this. Like, no, that's no. the, that's the one benefit of being in the suburbs of Chicago. It takes 45 minutes to get there and 20 minutes to get home. Like we're pretty close all the time. You know, you might have some traffic on the way there. But uh, the way home. And what's your longest? What's your longest stretch? Oh, in our conference, like we play a team by O'Hare that it's just traffic. Like it's traffic. It's not distance. It's traffic. 45 minutes to get there. 25 minutes to get back. Like, you know, it's we're in DuPage County. There's, you know, tons of teams. We don't even travel west hardly at all to play like the Naperville's and Aurora's. But uh, it's, you know, all the schools are pretty close by and I mean, that's well, we were down in Chicago. Is it last weekend or the weekend before my brother just got a place in Michigan Avenue and on the Tribune tower. So we go down there once every couple months and we stopped at Ikea. First of all, Schomburg is crazy. Like, Oh my God. Like there's no recession in Schomburg. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> I'm just, I'm just telling you, there's no recession. There's no inflation at seven and a half percent in Schaumburg, Illinois. I'm telling you, it's a suburb of Chicago. But then it's not bad. Like getting in, it's it's not. I mean, I can make it to Chicago in two twenty from Addison. That's, they're moving. If the if the Bears move to Arlington, I'm going to be mad because I can be downtown in twenty five minutes to the Bears stadium. I mean, not on a game day. It's going right. to take longer, but it's going to be a disaster trying to go up. There. And where? Which way is Arlington? Is that It'll, it's it's like straight west of O'Hare, so it'd okay. be north of north of me. But it's yeah, just be. Well, it mess. It won't mess with O'Hare's traffic, will it? No, no. There's no in O'Hare. Never. It's never good around there whatsoever. Like, that's the worst. That's the worst stretch. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. It's crazy. Um, but anyway, yeah. It's it's as long as I can get there and go to some Cub games, I'll be happy. All right, so let's talk. Uh, Let's talk. What, so give me some of your golden nuggets. Give me some stuff you kind of dove into on this um, scrimmaging stuff. Well, you know, one of my first ones that I really liked, and uh, we did it in a lot of different drills, was not checking the ball up top. So, like, if we were, you know, even if we're going five on five on offense, we'll still do it. We're not gonna, We're not 100% of the time, but starting on a sideline out of bounds play, starting baseline out of bounds the defense can throw it to whoever they want to on offense. Coach can throw it. You know, we run a lot of flow stuff, kind of figure it out out of that. But we'll do that not only in five on five, but in our three on three small sided games. Our, we do a lot of advantage, disadvantage stuff. So we'll practice four offense versus three defense. Defense starts the ball, throw it to whoever you want. Kind of figure it out, read the court. But we also want to do some of that in our five on five. We'll even do things like when we're and doing what is, what a, is that? What is that? What what have you seen from doing that? Um, just really making the kids 
think outside of like just checking the ball and running some play from some random spot, giving them a new spot on the court where they have to figure that out. Um, and it's a simple change, but it's like, we're going to play a team on t- Tuesday that's going to pin us to the sideline. Well, I don't want to start all my reps from the dead center of the court. I want to get some different things, but even things like, um, like on a day where we're, we're kind of slowed down and going through some game prep stuff, run our offensive play, and then we'll immediately run an out of bounds play where the kids have to actually think, do some different things, like just not going through the robotic repetition of okay, check it back up top, point guard run up there, do that. Right. Yeah. What's your What's your feeling on out of bounds plays? How many? What's your What's your magic number on that? I'm kind of toying with that this year. Um, we don't run a lot. We have a couple that we can really read. Like we have one that we run over fifty percent of the time, where it's really about five different options, and if you're going to take away a shooter, somebody's going to slip to the basket. Really. And it's, we'll try to run that quite a bit. You know, I've come up with a couple of counters off of that. Of You know, it's we call it NBA because we watched an NBA team run it. And I was like, I love that spacing. What, what's it, it, what kind of set is it out of? Uh, so we'll put three guys up high by the free throw line, two shooters. Hopefully we have five shooters, but <laughs> two shooters and one, our best screener or big man, and then a shooter in the opposite corner. Notice this is always better when you have four shooters. Shooters, yeah. But uh, if I had a bad, another bad shooter, I, hopefully I'm not playing him. But if I had to, I'd put him in the corner, and then you know, a shooter uh, throwing it in. Uh, hopefully, okay. <laughs> but, um, then he runs the best shooter. Runs either runs off a double screen, or he can curl the first guy, and the second screener runs off of that. But then we've got a couple other actions. We'll run out of that. And if you if you come up high to kind of shade that shooter, he's going right to the basket. So it's kind of one of those pick your poison. If you're going to sit back, we're going to we're going to get a screen on you. If you're going to get up and try to take that away, we're going to uh, go to the basket. On Does you. it work against zone? Um, we did not see a lot of zone baseline inbounds plays, but I've never really found anything that. Like I, I, I mean, I've, I don't have anything great against zone, which is one of the reasons why I'm not opposed to running zone baseline out of bounds. I know. I think a lot of people do now more than 20 years ago. Yeah. And I, and I just think it's hard to get good looks. Um, and that's why, yeah, anyway, that's why I asked if, do you have a good one? Did you have one that, um, that you used against that? I'd be intrigued, but yeah, yeah. play, play five guys that can shoot. Shoot. <laughs> and spread it out and go to a spot where you're open like, like that that, that and, and path when they close out on you pass it to the other guy you know i know that people have some great ones but it's like how many times can you run that before it at our uh, level and, and the problem is scouting has gotten so like it's not like the old days where i could just i could run my out of bounds play for a season and it's like i just think you got to get I'm, I'm i'm pivoted on this i think you got to get good at reads like you said like Here's our out of bounds play or our two out of bounds plays. And let's talk about how we're going to read out of these. How are we going to read out of these? How, how can we score? Um, Cause I think that's part of the problem is, I mean, there's eight, I mean, there's 80 billion out of bounds plays. Like <laughs> just go on Twitter. You can like, 
there's I think Ito Singer or something. Oh, he puts yeah. it play every he, day. Like how many yeah. other plays do you need? Let me telling you. <laughs> yeah, I uh that man is dedicated to baseline out bounds plays more than anybody I've ever <laughs> seen. Right, but the problem is, first of all, how many points is it? How many? How much time do you have to practice it? I mean, I get what he's doing. He's he's trying to be the out of bounds play guy. Get it? I totally get it from a selling marketing standpoint. But it's like I can only take so many of these. It's like it's over. I need one good one. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of where we're at. Of like, we really like this we can run it and run it and run it. And then now like we can come up like with a counter, we can do something like we'll throw it to the original screener and then kind of do that action with some other people. But I think that's all of offense of like, when you're really good coach, you can take something like horns. We do this all the time and it's really easy, has great spacing. And then we can do a ton of stuff out of it. Like, I think that's some of the biggest problem. Everybody's going to four and five out. It's really squared. It's hard to run because you don't know where everybody's going to be at all the time. Like, do something really simple. Teach a couple of reads. Now, all of a sudden, you have, like, 13 plays out of this one thing that are, like, words. Like, that's what we talk. Like, we just have a couple of words that completely change it. And And what do you run offensively again? I forgot. Um, I mean, we run a lot of the, like we've ran the Villanova kind of flow, like just pass cut. We're going to ch- spin the ball and just beat a closeout. Um, you know, it's, we'll do some ball screen stuff, but like, we'll, you know, some years were more than others. We play teams where you, you don't want any ball screens cause they will just double it. You know, we're going right. to the city. I know I'm not bringing, you know, a ball screen to a kid and getting him a double team, but, uh, you know, we're we're big drive and kick. I've been a dribble drive guy since, you know, I, f- I found somebody way before even Cal was doing it. I'm like, I really like this. Just a ton of kick out threes. And, and do you, you always know. put somebody opposite the low block in the dribble drive? Um, if we have a post player, we will. But I think the biggest mistake people play, do is playing a guy that's not a post. Like if – We'll we'll spread you out. We'll do different things. But if I've had really good post players. We've kind of been opposite of everybody else. I haven't had great point guards. I've had Division One post players. Post players, okay. Um, but like, yeah, we're gonna if if I've got one, we're gonna hammer you down there. We're gonna do some different stuff. But you know, I had I had a. Point we're guard thinking was, of bringing that guy up some and stacking up high a little bit to leave some space on the wings for the drive. I'm just wondering why no one's done that. If dribble drive. If I was coaching this year, the offense I would absolutely be doing going old school here, but everybody's starting to do it again. Is the uh, Princeton point, and I wouldn't run. I would. That's the only Princeton thing I would ever run. But getting our five off the block and popping them out a little bit. And then I think the new the new action that's all over college basketball, if you're watching, it's the get action where I'm running off of anybody I pass it to. So if I pass it to that five man that popped up, I'm going to sprint off of him. And then we can just play randomly off that. I mean, now, what do you mean by run? What do you mean by run off him? So if he pops up, and I think they call it the overcut. So if I throw it to the five man, I can cut over or I can screen away or basket cut. But I mean, there's 
everybody's running some version of that in college basketball right now. But I think it fits to we're kind of like getting oversaturated in the ball screen thing. Yeah. People are finally starting to realize the 45 cut is like the secondary break. It looks great in spring and then doesn't work whenever you get into the game. Right. Like, that's one thing people are always like, yeah, we're going to do 45 cut. I'm like, great. But like, we don't ever see anybody score because they did a 45 cut. Right. Nobody does. It's like backdoor cuts. It's like it stands. They're good cuts and they're wonderful cuts. But they but there's a reason when you're watching a game and you see one, you go, oh, because you don't score off them that much. I'm not and I'm not real big on. Like we want to shoot the ball really well. And our big belief is that means the guy is down ready to shoot. So we don't want a lot of movement off the ball. When you rotate to help, we're not necessarily setting a pin screen. We're doing something else. We're ready to shoot, not worried about cutting through or respacing because some guy cut through. And we'll, right. I mean, we obviously move. We don't just stand there and do stuff, but we want to get an advantage, attack it. Defense has to make a play we're going to find an open shooter. And like, I've, I've had teams that can't shoot. And like, that's, <laughs> that's, the, that's the problem. Shoot, shooting solves a lot of, of ills. I'm just telling you, it really does for people listening. It's like, I don't know if you can shoot, you can solve a lot of your problems. If you, you want to score. know what to work on seventh, eighth grade, freshman, sophomore, it's shooting. It's not your offense. It's not your one, two, two press. No, like you're not going to do anything like that's going to carry over other than really shooting and scoring. Yeah. And, and, and reading, I think reading yeah, a little yeah. bit, like, I think that's an undertaught skill. And, you know, I did that with my son. I mean, I think the be the ability to read a situation, the good ones can do it. Like, you know what I mean? They, I don't want to say it's an if thing, but they can, they know. Like that's I, why we play so much five on four, four on three, anything advantage, disadvantage. We'll, we do drills where um, we just call it two to the ball and whoever's on defense, you're just constantly running two guys to the ball. Like we're, that's what our practice has gone to. If two on one situations is shooting, like you throw me the ball. Did you close out on me? If not, I'm going to shoot it. If you did, I'm passing it. That guy. Did shoots. you work a lot on when you ran dribble on the dribble and the kick? Because I think that and the and behind you is always open, but that's Absolutely. a hard pivot. We call that crack back. It's always open. Uh, always open. That. Like that's my transition break. Point. Make them stop the point guard. If they stop it, jump stop. Look for the trailer. We just created our secondary break. So how do you drill? How do you drill the drive and kick back behind you? So I would say my best drill for that is three on two. And we just tell them the only way to score is a layup or a kick out three. Okay. And you've got to play off of two feet. You can jump to make a pass. You can't jump to find a pass. Um, really big on that one. The old school drills of like, you know, I start on the left and I drive and jump stop and kick out. We've gotten rid of that because there's no decision tied to it. So we so want to have two defenders and where will you put two guys on a wing and like ball up top and you just go? Yeah. Three on two. And defense starts with the ball. They can throw it to anybody, anybody they, want. they want. And I like that. We don't that's just... the that's the skill I really it's open. It's yeah. always if you follow someone. Like I say, follow, follow the semi follow. Like 
it's like you know <laughs> follow the person driving through the the you know driving through the crowd to get to the concession stand if you get behind that one guy or that gal you'll make it all the way it's the same thing follow them and you're going to be open I'm telling Here's you. what's shaped my offensive philosophy more than anything. And I can't find this article, but I swear it was in the Xavier newsletter, the old one that was out yeah. forever. And they statted like every three-pointer in college basketball one year, kick out threes were 60%. And it was the only three above 30%. And that's about where we are at every year. Everything we shoot for a three besides a kick out is below 30. And we shoot a kick out. You know why? Because you're open. Your feet are set. You're not having the weird clothes out. Like it's like, I, and I think this is a discussion to have with your players too. It's like, so what do you do when you get in there? If you don't have a good shot, you should kick it out. Like that's the question is, is it the floater? Do you take the shot at that point? um 90 percent layups is what we're talking about like if you can make it 90 percent of the time it's a great shot if it's you know missed late like that float we don't shoot floaters we shot like 60 mid-range shots in 33 games and it's just because we had shooters we had guys that could get to the rim and like every time you take for us every time you took a shot like that you were taking a shot away from somebody else. Somebody I'm talking like, do you them. want that? Like, do you want to be the guy wide open? Well, and I think out of those 60, most were at the end of a quarter, like yeah. versus a really good team. Like, you know, it's how many, like we'll even chart, like how many kick out threes can we get in a game? Cause like, not like some of these teams are going to shoot a lot of threes. I'm sorry, but if you have a kid that's let's say a 35% shooter in high school, his transition three is going to be really low. And I've, right. I think in college, they said it was like 15% off the dribble. Now I've had maybe one kid that I thought was better shooter off the dribble. Dribble. Yeah. Than, I've uh, had, I've had, less, I've had maybe a hand, maybe a handful, maybe. Yeah. And that, that goes kick- into our scouting too. What are we going to do? Well, how do we take away kick out threes? Like that's what we've got to stop. Yeah, I do like that. I'm going to I'm going to implement that. I like that cuz I think that gives you options. Yeah. I just think it's a hard pivot. It's a hard pivot. It's a hard jump stop. It's a skill you got to you got to drill. Not, not drill, but you got to work on it. Like they got to get yeah. used to what it feels like to do that, I think. And that's one of the things like we've kind of gone to the mode now where Instead of like starting off practice with that footwork, the pivot, whatever, right. we'll be like, hey guys, we really struggle with this today. That block one on air drill, we're going to finish practice with that today. Like we're going to come back. Yeah, I've changed that. I think the mo- I think the first drill, this is, a, this is a golden nugget, I think. I think the first drill you do at practice should be full court and should be high energy. Because I think you got, at least for boys, I got to rev them. I got to rev them early. Like, I can't go. They can't be cerebral at that point. They got to so just. Your, what's your 8 a.m. Saturday drill? Uh, we'll usually do our full court shooting, and you got to make, you know, 103 minutes where they're just going three, three, there's three lines, and they just go. I just getting them running and going. Cause that's they like, and they won't I have certain it. drills. I only do on like Saturday morning where, you know, 
Like it's gonna be a brutal start. Oh, it's gonna be brutal. Sometimes I think I think a couple of times I started the drill and told my assistants to watch him and went into my office and did something so I didn't right. have to see that first. Yeah, drill. it's like it's like the Wednesday before Thanksgiving or the or the day before winter break. It's like those are always so brutal. Just brutal. Yeah. They're just brutal. It's like there's nothing to do about it because it's just like they're they're kids. Like they're they're just that's what they are. It's like they just they're already on vacation and it's like they're thinking about their girlfriend and whatever it's like all right what else coach you got any other golden nuggets on your list oh yeah there? i got a handful of them here okay. so this is one i found this summer i really liked you put 60 to 60 on the clock you can put any score but like what's a realistic fourth quarter score for you put two and a half minutes on the clock so uh we're gonna play we're gonna start it live when we get when one team gets to 65 we are going to start the clock so 60 60 what whatever they might go on a 5-0 run they are up 65 to 60 there's two and a half minutes left on the clock we're going to tell coaches like hey you've got one timeout i've got two timeouts and trying to create some realistic game situations i love that the uh you know we can mix some stuff up maybe i give one of the teams like hey you're playing like this opponent would be but trying to come into some natural game situations through that and i stole that from some college guys and i was like that's probably a more realistic way to combine things than like hey here we got to do this there's 14 seconds left and we're down three can we get it like that i do like that and then you what's the 67 to 67 one so this one, uh, 32 seconds left on the clock. We can create all kinds of different scenarios, but we're going to play a best of three. So we've got a really short situation here. We're working on really, really late game stuff, but uh, just trying to get, you know, some reps of different things, things we might see. Like I remember I had my like home run end of game play and yeah. we had practiced it, but oh, now we are taking the ball out from six feet up the sideline and not right. the baseline. Line. I know. It's so <laughs> now, hard. Like just some random stuff. But then like one of my big teaching points when we get to end of game stuff, and this is big. I love this. And I didn't make this up. I stole it from somebody else. For every second on the clock, you get one you have one dribble. Like, you, you do. Can eat- it's true. It's a hundred percent true. I don't know if you heard it from me, but it's a hundred percent true. To dribble I a s- second. I swear, some kids think it has to like go in before the buzzer goes nope. off. So I'll always say that's the last thing I say in the timeout. I go, "There's four seconds left. You got three dribbles, and it's got to go. Yeah, got to go. You got to go. Like because it is. It's a hundred percent true. It's a a dribble a second. So if you got two seconds, you can take one dribble and you got to pop. Like you if know, it's one think- second, you can't. You got to catch it and shoot it. There's a fine line of how much you want to prep for the end of game stuff. Like I remember watching Illinois a couple of years ago and Io DeSumo was coming up the sideline and they I they were really ready. They thought they were gonna foul, which they probably were, but then he shot the ball from like twenty-five feet behind the three-point line. line. I and I think it just went out of bounds in the game. And you know, he's like, What like what's going on? Like they didn't foul, they didn't do this, like like anything, you don't want to overload them too much, right. but you know, right. Because you can't have like 32 end of game situations. No, no you really can't. That's what, like, uh, what's the snowball drill? Uh, so, snowball, let's see here. We did uh, 
It Only says one way, way to get points in back-to-back scores on offense. Yeah, so we're playing, but the only way we're tracking it is if you score back-to-back or you get a kill on defense where it's three stops in a row because we always want to be able to score on either side of the ball. Um, so we come down and get a score. We can't just come down and throw up some crazy shot. I felt like any time I could get people to like have to really concentrate on getting that second one in a row – we're kind of like getting a realistic, like this back matters. Yeah. I like that. So you play to like three points and the only way you score is back to back. Yeah. Any, like you can set these up three, five points. I think almost all of them, you can definitely change the rules, you know, how much time you have. Okay. I like that. I like that. Um, what's the, uh, what's the end of game situations? You said race the 10, you, you, are those things you do? So like early, like we also didn't want to just work on late game situations. Like um, I've had several teams that just are miserably starting teams. Like that's one we did of like, we're going to tip it up. We're going to play to 10. Like we're going to, this is kind of our walk through here, what we're going to do. And like here, we're going to scrimmage for five minutes. Even if I'm a sophomore or a freshman team, instead of just saying, let's go play let's put something onto this who can win that game to 10 and not just play, but like, this is what we do to start. Um, but like, I know a lot of times everybody talks about end of game situations, but we probably don't work enough on like first half like that. games. And that's the other one I had on here is, uh, you got off to the wonderful start of missing five <laughs> threes in a row. Right. And you're you down seven, it- nothing. Yeah, you've called the timeout. Well, what are you going to do? Because I don't want to be in my game, and that's the first time I've ever talked about that. And it happens. I mean, oh, it does. It's just like, oh my god, something happened. Yeah, I know. We shot forty percent from three as a team a couple of years ago, and I remember we started. We went one for fourteen and a half versus a good team, and I swear every one of them hit like the back of the rim or was like halfway down and went out. It's like we got to find other ways to score. Right. Yeah. Attacking the rim or doing other things like that. I like that. I like that. Um, what else one, you got on your list? We are up 18 to six. This is a big one. I think it is not. T- so where it's the first quarter or whatever, sec- early second, we are up 18 to six. It is not, not take whatever shot your parents have told Why you you should take, but we are, uh, we are trying to do what we do, continue to get good shots. And, I, you know, we all probably work on being down, but do we work on playing with the lead? Right. No, I mean, I yeah, I, I was just thinking about that the other day. I was talking to one of my coaches. It's like, all right, you know, when we're up six with two minutes to go, what are we doing? Like, you know, what are we going to do when we're up 15 and a half? Like, how are we going to deal with that kind of, you know, you got to deal with those different types of, you're right. Cause everyone works on down two with 37 seconds to go. Um, but how many people work on that? I mean, I like that. I love that. I, I well, love that twist. It's like one of my best teams I ever had. We, we literally trailed every game at halftime. And then when I, our, our third quarter uh, scoring was just in plus minus was insane. We would outscore them by like 22 in the third quarter, every game. Like I've never seen anything like this team that we had. 
it was to the point where I heard somebody when we were walking in the locker room say one time, it's okay, we're a second-half team. I'm like, no, I'm not okay with that. I don't want to be that guy. Well, I don't want to be the second-half team. I know, I was, love that. We just, you know, and people were like, oh, you must have given a great halftime speech. And it was like, I literally said the same things I said before the game of like, here's three things we need to do. Let's do it was these. Just, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. And we That's talked so about true. this one earlier, but the end of half 30 seconds left like we're not going to do that one all the time but that's probably you know good one to throw in there some early in the season so you're not shooting the ball you know 12 seconds left what's your philosophy there what are you trying to do we play quarters i know you play halves uh but you you know we're not doing two for one we don't have a shot clock i don't know if that's i don't know i've read i don't know i don't think it will be around by the time i get out i don't think it's like i think it's coming but I don't know. That's a whole different podcast. Trust me. The shot clock. <laughs> I think a lot of people want it and they don't know why they want it. I'm, I'm crazy. I want 24 second shot clock in high school and college. I let's what's if we're going to do it. Let's do it. Let's go to the NBA pace. Like I've kind of changed the offense. Well, first. the issue, the issue we were going to do in Wisconsin was they were going to only do it for varsity. That was my big pushback. I go, what are you talking about? Like, so I'm only going to give tests senior year in high school and I'm not going to give them tests when they're freshmen. So like, what are you doing? Like, if we're going to do it. Let's do it. That's fine. But then do it. Like you didn't put the three point line in for part of the teams. Yeah. It's like, that doesn't make sense. And that's what some of the States around are doing too. It's like either do it or don't do it. I, that's fine. But if you're going to do it, do it. <laughs> in, in our area, in the suburbs, they play seven minute quarters for sophomores and freshmen and i'm like this is the dumbest thing i've ever heard and no one else in the state does it but this kind of northern illinois area i'm like why why would we they're like well a game gets over earlier I'm like I don't know, well, start they, five they, minutes i know they changed our they changed our warm-up from fifth, 20 minutes to 15 i go okay why like that so do, do you think that really matters that much you don't want the kids to be loose like that makes no sense to me at all, but I don't know. All right, one last one here, Coach. Um. Oh, this is one I liked. Uh, down one, we are shooting a one and one with one minute on the clock. So we could have a lot of stuff happen here. We're up at the line. We could miss it, and we're down one. We could make both. We're up one. It could be tied, and we're going to play it live off of that. So shooting a one and one with one minute left on the clock. I mean, give each guy a timeout or something like that. Here we go. We're creating some end of game situations. Do you, uh, do you officiate that? Um, I do. I'm not too crazy on officiating. Like probably let more go. Try to footworks probably more than anything. Cause I feel like if I don't kind of get all over that, all of a sudden we have like seven travels cause they've done it all the time and I didn't stop it, but contact, yeah, you probably not. It's we're not calling a lot of touch yeah, stuff in practice. It's not touchy. It's like, yeah, I don't want anybody to get hurt, and it's like quit fouling because it's going to put them in the bonus. All right, all right, coach. Till next time, we're going to get together next time. What did we? What did I say next? Time? Oh, I wanted to talk to you about scouting next time. I think we should. That'll be scouting. great. That will be great. All right. Till next time, coach. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.